Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Southgate, you're the one. You still turn me on. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 13th of October. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Jim Campbell. Not relevant, some would say. I say it's always relevant. Even after a 1-1 draw with Hungary. It's especially relevant yeah. after a 1-1 draw with Hungary. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. we're all still into him when he gives us a big win. Yeah. This is where you show your dedication, isn't it? That's exactly right. This is the, the, where you know your marriage vows kick in, essentially. Because we're not plastic fans. We're not just turning well, up and expecting to pay for wins. Of course not. That's... No, we've got to drudge through this occasionally. And rather here than at a tournament, right? Yeah, great point. Yeah, I mean, this is more he's got you an underwhelming birthday present rather than he's missed he a dinner date, come home from the pub with sickle down him. It's not quite that, is it? <laughs> no. Wait, so you'd say that, that was, that's worse, the sick one? Definitely. Yeah. Whereas I would say, you know, you, your birthday is quite important. So if you haven't, at least the one with the sick is just like a cock up and he's had a good time and you're mm. pleased about mm. that. Whereas the birthday thing, he's like not prepared for your birthday. He yeah, or doesn't know you well enough to get a you a good birthday present. Yeah. England that says quite a lot more about what he knows, feels about you. In I hope this you're listening to this, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> England tournament games often fall on my actual birthday and they have ruined it more than once. So there is, there is precedent there. That's really sad to hear. Yeah. Do they actually... Yeah, I guess they would. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Phil Neville, Euro 2000. He's always underwhelming, <laughs> isn't he? But we've already de- devoted a podcast to him this week, so we should probably move on and talk about the internationals. Uh, we'll get into Scotland as well. Congratulations, you actually managed to win. England drew, though, 1-1 with Hungary. Lovely little John Stones goal. Uh, mm. But, mate, guys, so me and Brass went to this, as you, you know, Jim. Um, 
which is which was really fun to be it honest. It was the great thing about a sort of underwhelming game is is if you're actually there, it's just what yeah. it's all about. So you just feel good about it anyway most of the time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we'll talk about the disruption in the hungry end, but we we were quite far from it. So that's more like a reaction mm. to what we've read about it subsequently and and what yeah, we, we 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 saw some of it. Yeah, but, but we um, did. it wasn't. Yeah, no, nothing nothing groundbreaking that you won't have read anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. Although. Anyway, we shouldn't say we're going to offer that on the ramble generally. <laughs> you make it, you're making me worried here. Um, but the point is, when when you, and I'm so sure you too, Jim, when you saw the team sheet, you thought, this is going to be a fucking mm, barn burner. going for it, yeah. This is great. Look at that attacking threat. Yeah, and it didn't quite play out that way, did it? Um, I think, you know, the, the penalty was annoying and unfortunate, but those things do happen. Even good experienced players are going to sort of give away a silly or, or accidental penalty sometimes. But yeah, I felt like, I, I really thought once John Stones equalised that England would regroup in the second half and just be a bit more yeah. incisive, but it just Purposed. didn't quite happen. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot's been made of Jack Grealish being taken off on the hour, which I actually, my friend and I actually predicted while we were watching it. And it's a shame that, you know, there are, predictability is kind of seeping back into into England and I know you know it's only one game so that might be a little bit alarmist but mm. the thing with Grealish was even I you know I guess his influence was starting to wane a tiny bit but he was probably still England's most positive force because he's like a light in a blind alley isn't he he will he just moves the ball forward he advances you up the pitch mm. and even if it's not necessarily coming off for him every single time he finds those weird little bits of space that you wouldn't expect someone could even get anything out of and then suddenly he's making stuff happen even and that's if he's the winning thing that free England kicks and corners. struggled the most with exactly, wasn't yeah. it exactly they weren't moving the ball at pace at all and Hungary had plenty of time yeah. to to get set and in the in the back end of the game that's manifested by the defense attempting to just push it over the top yeah. of Hungary's which defense. I thought actually Phil Foden was doing really really well his laser guided long passing is 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 looking more and more like a weapon but it wasn't yes. quite coming off but I think when you've got Grealish Mount Foden Sterling as well on the pitch in a situation like that where Hungary seemed to have an answer for it every time move them around a bit like have them switch positions yeah. it was it was all very very static like try Grealish on the right if it's mm. not coming off on the left even move him in the middle all of those players can play wide or in the middle so just bamboozle them a bit yeah. I would have liked to have seen that and it just it all felt a bit kind of pedestrian pedestrian and exactly. and, and, and like static and a bit like the bad old days where it's but like to... we've got plan A and it's not working so let's try plan A more oh let's not talk about I, I know that's like I know that's not that a, might be a, a bit general criticism of, of Southgate Cup. in general we've come to expect him to be able to fix problems like that in but game and this time he didn't manage true. it that's not true that's not true at all is it Jim you don't think no I thought the whole point about Southgate is he doesn't fix problems you know where were the substitutions in the yeah. Euros final I think you know the fact that he actually mm. made a few substitutions and took let's face it and took Kane off which hard for me to say it, but was absolutely the right yeah, decision he, he and a statement move. Fallen as well, didn't he? Yeah, he was crap. Mm. He was. He I'm was, sorry, he chaps, was. but you know, I'm happy to always speak well of Harry Kane, but he was not good. Yeah. He didn't even do that thing where he he just passed the captain's armband to Mason Mount. He didn't do the thing where you know I bequeath you this <laughs> yeah. fabled piece of cloth and I must be the one to put it on your arm. I really hate that. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I really, really hate that. It's not like pulling Excalibur out the stone, no. is it? It's just a armband yeah I anoint you captain yeah it's um yeah it's I'm a bit concerned about Harry Kane because obviously if 
we're all expecting him to kind of get out of this slumping form because yeah, obviously sure. he's disappointed he didn't get a move. It's very frustrating for him because it's, it's essentially his family's been dragged through the mud, mud as well. He must be incredibly frustrated and, and not in a good headspace. But if that sort of coincides with a bit of burnout because he's played so much football. We, mm. we sometimes, yes. we, we, we talk about how there are players like Lewandowski that, you know, that, that are playing like well into their 30s and, and they're really, really good. But we also forget about the players like Fernando Torres who burn out early because they played a lot of football. Yeah. Harry Kane could go that yeah. way as well. And if that does happen, I don't know who steps in. You know, I don't yeah. know if, if, if Kane, you know, stops being efficient. I don't know what the, what the plan B is. And again, we, you know, these are nice problems to have as the only negative you can pick out but yeah. it was it, it was a disappointing game wasn't it generally I, I just wonder if um, it's Southgate's sort of passive aggressive move to <laughs> I was always right so you know yeah. no two holding midfielders it's not the same and uh, you, you know you know, because it did seem that that had a negative effect on their ability to to, to, to move the ball quickly mm. in, the, in, in the front half of the field so I, I don't know. Maybe he can go back to to, to what he knows now and um, get less shit for it. There were two. That, yeah, the two problems basically were the pace of the. We weren't moving the ball mm. around, and then secondly, we didn't seem to be able to find each other. We weren't. I don't know if it was this wealth of attacking threat. We they didn't. We weren't reading each other. It well. was a bit too many cooks. Yeah. Um, yes. Maybe that's I, what I think it was. If, if Foden starts out on the left, maybe it's a little bit different as okay. as, as well. Maybe maybe that's something as well. But I don't I don't know. I felt that you're, you're right to say, Kate, that it was good that Southgate made the changes. But by the time he made the changes, Hungary are already set. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in their block and they're going to be super difficult to break down. It would have taken a moment of inspiration to score that winning goal. And it just yeah. never looked like happening. No. There was never really that little spot there. I did wonder... Raheem Sterling seemed to be warming up a little on the second half. He had a, he had a few good runs down the down the right hand side. Um, I would have liked to see more more of him in the centre because that's really where he made the difference for England during the Euros. But yeah, I, I felt more than Grealish coming off. Grealish coming off was spoiling potential fun. <laughs> I, I think rather than necessarily, I, I don't think any objection to that is necessarily based on his performance last night. Whereas Sterling. I felt like he was beginning to get somewhere. Maybe it's all comparative because, you know, England didn't create that many moments. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I was a little disappointed to see him come off when he did. Well, the thing was as well, it felt as though, I, I think we should probably say that we thought Hungary, I think, I don't know about you, Jim, but I thought Hungary were pretty good. Like they swarmed us yeah. the whole of yeah. the, most of the first half anyway. They, and as Brass says, they were very, they were set, they, they knew their jobs, they knew what mm. they were doing. So they created problems, but we did think, I did think that he was, that they were going to get tired by because they were following the ball around a lot in the second half yeah. I thought they were the opportunity was going to come I think in the game in Budapest though I think they fell apart do you know what I mean like the, the, the fact England won so comfortably was as much to Hungary having a really bad day at the office as it was to England taking advantage of that and playing quite well so obviously they were highly motivated to be organised <laughs> and, and not do that again and I think that's that's clearly played a big part here mm. I mean they're really really happy with the point and like you say, they just they just once it was a case of having what we hold, they they were just really really disciplined, and we just didn't have enough for it. Also, well organised were their aggressive fans in the away end, um, sort of bizarre. We can see from where we were, so we were sort of opposite, high up from where the away corner, yeah, was. diagonally opposite, diagonally opposite, mm. exactly. Yeah. And you could see that there was some sort of 
you could see the movement of people. So there was there was some sort of a fight. The I so what the Met have said is that there was a racially it was like a racial slur against a steward, and they went in to arrest the guy and basically weren't able to. I think they yeah. got. Uh, I'm sure people will have seen the pictures on Twitter and blah, blah blah. They got pushed back out of this section, and they talk about weighted numbers. Yeah, there were weighted numbers, but there weren't that many uh, hungry fans there yeah. in total. So it is a bit troubling that they weren't controlled. The thing is, it's like. It's all well and good for the police to come in and deal with that, but you can't really expect stewards to do that. You know, they're not. No, they don't have any training. You can't. (laughs) And a lot of them are just like little old people. Yeah, or like teenagers in some cases. They're just, yeah, yeah, they're just there to ask people to sit in their seats. And they're left holding the baby again. In some cases, exactly. Like a a scaled down version of the the Euro final, which is a real concern because I think. You know, you were talking, Kate, about when we're on the way up to the stadium. You yeah. know, the atmosphere was very different, for, obviously, from from the Euro final. But yeah. it it does rely on goodwill yeah. quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. And and compliance. And if if you don't get that, I mean, with with Hungary, I've I've always felt, even though it's really difficult, rather than just saying let's fine, let's ban, there's got to be dialogue. There's got to be education. With Hungary, I'm I'm out on that actually. It's I, not going to come I, from I, the top in Hungary, is it? Let's just kick them out. They're just they're, they're just empowered by a fascist dictator. Yeah. There's no other way of, of of saying it, and their behaviour is just becoming worse and worse and worse. I don't care if it's a minority; it's a very sizable minority. If it is indeed yeah. a minority, and also and I mean, it, something has to be done about it. Like like the, the the people never never mind the actual football. The people working at the stadium. As you're saying, minimum wage workers shouldn't have to put up with that stuff. No, no, I agree. I mean, the argument is always as well that, you know, that punishes fans who've done done nothing. But I mean, yeah, that's part of... That's part of the pressure. It then puts you on to get your house exactly. order, isn't it? You exactly. get the pressure from those people. I don't see how that. Well, yeah, okay, maybe. But as we know, you know, Victor Orban generally, he's a, the idea is he's a football obsessive, and a lot of his use of football and his obsession with football is around uh, enforcing this this style of management. Let's I mean, call we, it that. We were, we were discussing, weren't we, the, the possibility that maybe that you know, it's it's not it's not even football as a propaganda tool. It's it's far more than that because he is such a football obsessive. Does it reach a point, I, I don't know enough about Hungarian politics to know, but does it reach the point where he does that too much? Because we've seen that in other countries where you know money's been spent on football as a cheerleader and mm. just at the expense of like health and education. And that's where it starts to pinch and that's where you start to get some sort of kickback at, against that. So maybe it reaches, it reaches that point. But he's been able to do a lot of what he's been able to do in football. We're not talking about him politically but in football completely unchecked and his politics are starting to bleed into football and they have been for a, a long time so mm. you know this this idea of oh well football and politics they're not the same thing well they're firstly that's <laughs> firstly that's wrong everything is political exactly, exactly. and se- secondly this is a man who has like made football inherently political whatever mm. your view on that so that needs to be dealt with by the football authorities yeah, yeah. They've got a real chance to lead and they never take that chance. It's so frustrating. They talk about football being used as a real sort of force for positivity and for good. Yeah, but and if you specifically don't, if you specifically want it to be used for different, you know, it's great. We we are so pleased. Gareth Southgate uh, just had five years as England boss. Um, 
And we talk about that being such a good, powerful tool when he's trying to unite the nation mm. and blah, blah, blah. Victor Orban's trying to unite the yeah. nation too. It's just right. in, a slightly, <laughs> in a, a slightly different way. Yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll doubtless talk more about this uh, in future. Elsewhere in England's group, uh, um, there was hope that against fellow minnows, Andorra, San Marino might win their first ever competitive match, Jim. Yeah. They didn't know, did no, they? No, they didn't actually. But I did hope very, very hard that they would. They've lost their 100th consecutive competitive match um, since they beat Liechtenstein in 2004. I really want them to, to just get that win. The most serene Republic of San Marino. I also really want people to call them that every time because that is to their be full quite name. serene, I guess, in the context. I of suppose, yeah you've, got to, yeah, you've got to take that one on the chin, haven't you? Also, <laughs> I, 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 did, I did particularly enjoy uh, on a recent breakdown of all the nations that Cristiano Ronaldo has scored against. Oh, yeah. San Marino tweeting back and going, yeah, you haven't scored against us, though, have you? <laughs> oi, oi. That's great. Good effort, San Marino. Nice stuff. Uh, Faroe Islands also will let great to see Scotland win. Get that uh, 86th minute Lyndon Dyke scuffed shot straight into the back of the net. Lovely stuff. And they only need three points now to make the World Cup playoffs to get into the World Cup final. So Away against Moldova next, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So, well, effectively, because they play Moldova and then they play Denmark. Denmark have scored something like 27 goals without reply and yeah. they've already qualified. They've yeah. won it. Gets, I mean, I suppose that means they could take the night off, but ultimately they basically need, if they want those two points, which they do, they need to basically beat Moldova in the next I mean, game. They'll be, they'll be set. It's, it's a remarkable qualifying campaign by Denmark, isn't it, by yeah. the way? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And, you know, sometimes I think that can... That can help teams that are below elite level. When you have one team that absolutely blazes the group, gives you an opportunity to mm. to split further down, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. it does. But great that great that Scotland got through, even though it was my beloved Faroe Islands. Yeah, I, I I I like these games. A lot of people hate the fact that you know teams are going to the Faroe Islands or San Marino or Andorra or whatever. It just reminds you that these it's places a big local exist. derby, the Faroe well, Islands against Scotland. Yeah. Come on, it, was, people. it was a tight game. You can tell it was a lot of emotion involved, it. so it was difficult. But it's just a reminder that football does include everyone, and that part of the world is these really, really tiny places. And I, I really like it. Yeah, I think we should we should keep that in the in the World Cup qualifying and 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 whatnot. Yeah, Steve Clark said after the game, it's not always going to be free flowing, which I think is a fair assessment of what I saw. Um, and I also enjoyed. We're not sure about how he's how he's pronounced, but there's a they've got a player, the Faroe Islands, called Odmar Faro. Faro, he came close. You'll get correspondence on it. I feel yes! pretty sure about Our that. Our Faroese listeners, please, we yeah. know you're out there because we've spoken to you before. Please do write in showitfootballramble.com or tweet us. Uh, yeah, so Scotland just need a win against Moldova and they will guarantee a playoff spot. Exciting stuff elsewhere. Ireland thrashed Qatar 4-0. Callum Robinson uh, with a hat-trick. That is five goals in his last two games. You see, two bats of COVID has no impact. I mean, it's funny, isn't it, that Qatar have lost 4-0 to Ireland and 3-0 to Portugal. I bet they miraculously get out of the group stage in 2022. Yeah, it feels like. <laughs> it's just an inevitability, yeah. isn't it? Do you mean? I've seen them play some quite good stuff in the past, obviously, because they won the Asian Asian Cup. Yeah. Mm. Beat Japan. It's mm. a big yeah. it's a big team. Yeah. So what 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 are you what are you implying, Russ? <laughs> it just feels a bit I'm implying too simple that nature that... will take its course. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels a bit too simple that, that they they'll be this bad on home turf. All right. Fine. Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat trick against Luxembourg, scoring two penalties in the first fifteen. He's now got nine against Luxembourg they're mostly scored against any nation but as yeah. as we know he hasn't managed to penetrate the San Marino defence no, so there are still mountains yet for Pinaldo to climb in fact apparently only one Luxembourg player has scored more goals in Luxembourg games 
Oh, no. Across the last 40 years than Ronaldo. Also, João Polinha did did his celebration as well, didn't he? Uh, following on from uh, Andros Townsend. Yeah, they're all going to do it now. It's getting bloody silly, isn't it? Car- Carlo Ancelotti was there first. I, I want that to be recognised. <laughs> that must be recognised. Yeah. A you couple would- of years back. Yeah, we like John Stones' celebration as well, didn't we? You think that that's the sort of update that Harry Kane needs? Yeah, I, th- mm. I, th- I think it is because I think Harry Kane's kind of stuck in terms of his celebration. It's somewhere between the Henman fist pump and, you know, the Shearer arm in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I meant to say, actually, by the way, sorry to obsess about him, but it is the first time he's failed to score in a qualifier since September 2017, people. So I, mm. as a caveat to the kind of general yeah. negativity and mm. being like he should be taken off, the man is a, so, has been a machine and a servant and he'll Undeniable back. decline is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I took from it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fear not, everybody. The 2020 Nations League hasn't finished yet. I can't understand... How that's possible, but there we are. Kazakhstan, Cyprus, Estonia and Moldova will all play their playoffs. Well, maybe Moldova will rest their team against Scotland. Then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's March next year, by the way, In that March happens. March next so year. Yeah. Just to be on the safe side. Marcus is uh, already having sleepless nights in excitement at that coming up. Okay, it's time for pep talks after this. Don't go anywhere. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. I'm Hazel Hayes. And I'm Sheehan Todd. And welcome to our brand new podcast, We're Not Fucking Historians. It sounds like I'm saying we're not fucking historians. Yeah, we're saying we're not experts. We're not historians ourselves. Not that we're not having sex with historians. No historians getting fucked on this pod. Zero historians getting fucked on this podcast. We are, in fact, your alternative guide to Irish history. 
Every week we prize open the history books and find a new tale from the Emerald Isle's colourful past. We're exploring Ireland's traditions, its rich heritage and its long, proud history of being invaded by literally anyone with a boat. The Vikings were showing up at the monastery and where's that booty? The earliest booty it's call. <laughs> it's the booty call you didn't want. <laughs> 50 Scandinavian Vikings showed up. Or our biggest celeb, St Paddy. He says he prayed up to 100 times a day and sometimes during the night. <laughs> That's what a five-year-old would say. I've prayed 100 times, I swear. Patrick also said he was fastest in his slippers. He's a fucking belly bullshitter. If, like us, you're the kind of person who's interested in history, but not so interested that you'd go read a book about it or listen to actual experts, then this is the show for you. This is history done differently with a couple of facts and plenty of crack. So, join us on our journey through Ireland's past. Search We're Not Fucking Historians on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we're not, we're fucking, not fucking historians. historians. <laughs> Sorry, I was far too fast there. We're Not Fucking Historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. And then he would say to me, what, what, how many drinks did you have? And obviously I'd, I'd lie to him. I would say maybe 10, 11 bottles, and he'd be like, 10, 11 bottles? What are you thinking? I'm thinking, if I told him the truth? <laughs> that was every hour. <laughs> what? Yeah. Of course you can go somewhere if you want to. You're listening to a podcast. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, everybody. It is time for Pep Talks. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy. Sit down! Nobody talk! Sit down! Wait! Drink wine and relax! <laughs> yes, yeah, send in your quandaries. Yes. And we'll read them out and riff uselessly on them. We probably. will. Uh, Alex Kindamo from, uh, from Down Under has been in touch saying, curious to get your thoughts and potential guidance around something that has affected my life since the day I was born. I come from a passionate football family. My father's side of the family are diehard AC Milan fans, whereas on my mother's side, they're all diehard Liverpool fans. And as such, I have grown up as a supporter of both clubs. The justification my family gave me at the time was that both teams play in two different leagues, and so it's okay. This didn't fucking help in the Champions League finals <laughs> of 2005 and 2007. To this day, I try to watch as many games of both both teams, although the time difference is god-awful and is now taking a toll on my sleeping patterns. Mm. Is it finally time to disappoint one side of my family and only continue following one of the two teams? This has been a question I haven't been able to answer for almost 30 years. <laughs> to finish and add further confusion to the mix, my father's side is Italian and my mother's a Greek. So when international games come around, I also find myself watching the Italian, Greek and Australian games. So, Oh, that's a lot. It really is, isn't it? You've got so much on your plate there. My, firstly, my advice would be on this this is advice i've been given from older wiser people across my life and i think actually it does does stand true one of the ways to enjoy life right is everything in moderation right mm. if you have to miss a liverpool game or an ac milan game at some point it's okay it doesn't make you any less of a fan if you've got to get up at three o'clock in the morning to do it. So Tell I that think... to Nick Hornby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Nick Hornby is, is, is a, uh, an exception, I would say. But also, he like pretty he much lives in the Emirates, doesn't he? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's I think that's bit... one team as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's less going on there. Yeah, so I would say that you. I don't think you have to stop. Um, 
any of this. I think you just have to give yourself a bit of a break. I, I would like to offer an alternative view yep. of simply just do what your mum tells you. <laughs> it's, it's Liverpool, isn't it? I mean, yeah, Alex. Sorry, I, Milan. It seems it seems like you've got yourself into a bit of a pickle. My recommendation would be. Start football podcast and then it's kind of work. So. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. So you've got to do it. Yeah. Or get into like local stuff, like Aussie rules things. Get into more sport. <laughs> that's what you're saying. That is terrible advice. <laughs> My apologies. Quit your job. Get into every sport. <laughs> Live yeah. in the park if you have to. Ex- exactly. It's um, all energy drinks and uh, Pro Plus from here. <laughs> Lars Sivertson can hook you up. Um, this one's from Sam. On the subject of sleep on yesterday's show, I'm a bit of an insomniac. Well, yeah, don't get hooked up by Lars in that case. Um, I've, I've sought advice far and wide, but as I can't afford to run a Hoover <laughs> all night in, in order to get sleep a la Wayne Rooney, what can I do? Well, we always thought that Wayne Rooney thing was a bit mad because yeah. it's white noise, isn't it? Yes. You just stick it on your... You get white noise for babies. That's what I've got. Yeah, white yeah. noise for yeah. babies. I mean, you um, sleep quite badly, don't you, Kate? I think depends. Yeah, I, I certainly do. Very much um, depends. And I, I don't, I don't know. So if anyone knows, oh, let us know. I'm, I'm no help because I, I, I sleep, I sleep very sleep well. I would say have less of a conscience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't finally, know where I've got to go from there. Finally exposing himself, nice man, Brassel yeah. coming at, So Monster. it's because you're not ruminating on on all the terrible things you've done, Brass. No, it's because I've it not is? done any terrible things. That's what it is. Well, yeah. if you don't have a conscience, how can we be sure? Yeah, that's a good question. That is a good question. People say routine, but I don't have one so yeah. again, likewise I can't say that I've, I've Lav- lavender that. spray on Ooh, your pillow that is nice mm. that's a classic and at least it smells nice if you can't get to sleep recently mm. I of thought course. that was my favourite herb but that's obviously an absurd thing to claim because all the other herbs you can eat right lavender it just know, smells nice I think your favourite herb is a really personal eat it. thing we definitely can't eat it no right no. okay oh well, have you I tried mean, no I've never tried it I'm just that, that's, that's what I'm asking <laughs> yeah. it's like lavender tea and stuff I think one thing you should definitely avoid which is what no I do no phones in bed Definitely well, yeah, no phones. It's, it's Put not, your phone downstairs yeah, or some other place. Not LeBron shining James. a torch into your own don't face. Don't shine a torch that into your own a, face. A, a That's a stupid idea. Best Everybody of all your don't lives. do that. LeBron James has no electrical items in the bedroom while he's asleep. I mean, I, I presumably he, he gets someone to wake him up in the morning because I would need the alarm. I've you got know, um, that's quite a heavy sleeper. Okay, I actually have got a suggestion. I've bought a man like a normal alarm clock from the olden days. That would be my. So Ooh. then you can keep everything away. And yeah, it's a lot more, I don't know. Well, if Gary Lineker was here, he would say, watch Wimbledon in the early 90s, because of course he famously said about a match between Wimbledon and Leeds, uh, that would have been better watched on CFAX. Wow. Wow. That is such a good name. CFAX. Google it. If you've got any questions for us, however bizarre, send them in. We'll get them get to them every Wednesday or guys if you've got a contribution that was more useful than what we managed to come up yeah. with feel free to send that in to show at footballramble.com tweet us at footballramble now something that people seem to need help with is this bloody biennial World Cup and that's what we're going to talk about next Arsene Wenger ruining his legacy with the desire to turn the World Cup into a two every two year thing the update to this is, I think, is Adidas's chief executive, Kasper Rorstedt, coming out saying he's not into it. Um, Adidas is one of FIFA's main sponsors. And that, Jim, feels like the sort of thing that might actually have quite a yeah. big impact. I mean, it's very rare, isn't it, that a sponsor weighs in on, on anything like this. But it's especially rare that someone puts a name to it. Actually having a mm. chief executive come out 
and 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 criticise something within football is I, I can't really remember any previous examples of it. I'm sure there are, but none spring to mind. So clearly, this is this is one of the most. I mean, this is as divisive as the European Super League, but it's because it's a global thing. It's hard to know where to direct your ire at, isn't it? And Wenger has, <laughs> has said that it's essentially a, a dialogue. Andy, you you were talking about this yeah. at length earlier, weren't you? Yeah, he he um he was talking about it in Paris yesterday, and he he said, look, it's 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 not a fait accompli, it's not a me project or anything like that. It's I, I want people to discuss it now. It's on the table, um, and it, he did finish it with, if anyone's got any better ideas, yeah, let's yeah, let's, let's let's hear them, which is I guess slightly more passive aggressive, yeah. um. But yeah, he's, uh, he uh, claims he has uh, medical evidence which suggests, for example, Leo Messi would do half as many air marks. Yeah. I mean, the, one of the, the things about it that is interesting that I think maybe sh- potentially should be explored is this idea of essentially doing the qualification all in one chunk mm-hmm. so that you don't, you don't have this mad situation where it's split up all over the like, years and years and all this air travel. Why does but that doesn't need... mean it has to be every two exactly. years. Exactly. Yeah. Why no. does it need to turn into this every two year thing in order to improve it? That's yeah. what I can't understand from what Feng is saying. Well, one, at the moment... Try and make it better with, with what it is right Absolutely. now. Just improve that. At I mean, the, the moment, you've got the situation where if this were to come into force, it would clash with Euro 2028. So you've got a war Jokes. brewing between FIFA and UEFA, which is you know, always, always happening anyway. Exactly, yep. yeah, this might be this might be the point of this. Um, but also, you've got the, the absolutely absurd um, FIFA Club World Cup idea, which isn't going away, which is going to be a 2014 t- like World Cup-style tournament in the summer. So it's... Like, are they essentially looking at a situation where there are going to be no summers free of football for, for top-level players? I mean, we've seen Thibaut Courtois very frustrated talking about this recently and how there's just no rest for the players. And what will happen, unless squads get significantly bigger, which favours the big clubs more than it already does, yeah. then you're just going to have lots of injuries all the time. So these these tournaments are going to be missing an Mbappe or a, or a Kane or a, or a whoever, and it's going yeah. to be worse off for it. Even if there are bigger squads... That- the other players have still got to be there. <laughs> they're, not yeah, on, yeah. they're not on holiday, of course. Uh, I mean, we 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 saw that yesterday, didn't we? With um, uh, the the, the story that there's, there's going to be one week between the season stoppage <laughs> in November <laughs> next year and the, and the first game of the World Cup. Not the first day of training camp. The first game of the World Cup. You might get a little knock and you miss the world. You miss the squad because it's like it's we're going to see you a lot three of weeks. Um, like it's, I would. We're I would see a just, lot of red cards, aren't we? Yeah, that, that red zone is going to be crazy. I would just not make any tackles for for the, for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the whole of the second Imagine. half of October and November. Yeah. It's a real extension well, of, anyway. of the Christmas Day thing, isn't it? I'm trying to get Christmas that Christmas. So, week are we off. saying that Kevin Nolan is going to captain England to the, the the 2022 World Cup? I'm behind him. Yeah, as I can see, you are, Brass. Very um, much so. Yeah, he said he went on to say another interesting thing. I thought on this Rostel, um article argument was he was on about the Super League and he said oh financially that would probably be attractive for us in the long term however we believe that love for sport from childhood arises from having access and is something tangible so I don't know I guess maybe also he's trying to be like Adidas and the good guys here but that does but that's bollocks though isn't it like the idea that like um, kids are going to stop getting into football like we keep hearing this a lot. It's like no, gonna... but I think the argument he's making, he, what he's trying to say is, I think I'm on the side of football. Oh, of I'm course, on the side of, of sport. And the point is, is that you want people to be able to go and see elite level football if you can. Although you might argue that they can't anymore anyway, because it's too bloody expensive. I, I, I completely, I, you, you know, what I misunderstood what you were saying then. You're right. Casper Rosted is, is on the side of that. But I kind of, I guess I'm making a slightly different point there, which is that we hear it from FIFA a lot. Like the, 
this idea that there's danger that like young people are stopped going to get into football and yeah. football's going to wane in popularity. It's the most popular sport in the world with like with, with nothing really challenging it. It's such it's such gaslighting. On the on the other side of the coin, Jim, there is nothing I think that middle to sort of slightly middle-aged to slightly elderly men know better than what young people are into. <laughs> I know, it's I, really I good how they're in charge on. of yeah, that everywhere, it is. isn't it? I it's like important. that because it's important that, that mm. they should tell the younger people. And the, those young people's opinions will never change. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I think another point that we haven't really made about this World Cup thing, although it's implicit, I guess, is that there are other sports too. I know we're not going to be telling you about them too much, but it is important. To not smother them, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, the Olympics are important. People getting a chance to watch lots of cricket is exactly. important. That, that is I, the I problem, isn't it, with this um, this this proposed idea of an international window, which, as, as Jim said, I think has, has, has got great merit. You know, yeah. maybe playing all the qualifications together or whatever. The idea that football clubs, elite level football clubs, are willingly going to give up like a month or six weeks of social media traffic. It's not happening, is it? It's, it's just not happening. Oh, God. Mess is more. Um, Wenger generally is a strange, this strange regeneration is like the bad man of football. Mm. It's really something uncomfortable to me. He's, he's, he's returning. There's a big splash. I don't know if you saw sort of, he's returning to management for one game only. Yes, he's taking charge of a Saudi Arabian dream team that will face PSG in January. Yeah, taking the taking the money, isn't he? From well, a, yeah, yeah. Well, you, I, I don't know. I was going to say I don't really blame people for taking the money. It just seems like a shame on top of all of these things. When you think of him as this like pure guy who cares about the good of football, it just yeah. feels a bit uncomfortable. Um, okay, before we get out of here, over in France, there's been oh, this is a bit of a sad story if you take it seriously. Sixth tier team Tob have been disqualified from the Coupe de France. Uh, they arrived at their match against, hang on, Vabre Le Bay, uh, 50 minutes late, which, you know, we only we approve of being on time and things like yep. this. But the idea is that they put the bloody sat wrong destination into the sat map. Well, they didn't. The coach driver did, didn't he? He okay. mistyped the destination. Okay, but as discussed with, uh, you know, penalties and all that sort of stuff, it's not. we don't pick on individuals in football anymore. I think in this instance, you can very much pick on... Because that's individual. his profession. Yeah, because he, he got he got them kicked out of a cup. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you imagine the feeling as it dawned on the driver? Oh. Do you think he admitted it straight away or just tried to like, oh, the traffic's been mad. I've had to go a really weird route, but oh, you, I'll just get you there as soon as I can. Oh, the bloody route. roads. I remember getting hooked at half time in a Sunday league game once and having to ref the second half because the officials didn't turn up. And I realised about 15 minutes into the second half, that I hadn't actually put my watch back on. And okay. so I just, I managed to, while the ball was up one end of the pitch, jog over to the side, <laughs> just sneak my watch out of my bag. And I <laughs> estimated what was the time left. I mean, everyone was absolutely on their asses by the end. <laughs> they could play like a 55 minute second half. Andy Brassel, ladies and gentlemen, a man without a conscience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, when you talk about this route, Jim, they ended up six, oh no, 90, 90 kilometres away in a place called Vabre. I don't, I'm apologies for my terrible attempt at French accent. So the place they were supposed to be going to was Vabre Le Bay, and they went to Vabre. Um, We've all yeah. done it. We've, We've all, all done, done it. it. Fabio Labai saw their opponents running towards the ground at what would have been half time. Which must have made it look like they travelled on foot. 
Oh, what, like a big warm-up? Yeah, like there wasn't like, We there were wasn't in a traffic a jam. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> we were in a traffic jam in rural France. Yeah. We, so we ran from our We sacked our, our coach driver. We decided we're better off on foot. You see, I thought I, this would just be a, a nice story at that sort of, you know, amateur level. But it, t- it turns out there's no fun in amateur yeah. football anymore. I, I feel like if they'd, they had oh, an right. advantage there, if they'd been screaming as they'd arrived, that would have really intimidated their opponents. Oh, it like didn't matter because sort of they got kicked out. Also, if you, exactly. If, yeah. if you turn up 50 minutes late and you're on foot, you're not going to win, are you? No, <laughs> I'm really not. You're going to get kicked out, turns out. Well, look, commiserations anyway, Tob. Sorry about that. Sounds as though you would have lost anyway per gym, so never mind. Uh, remember, if you want even more from us, then get over to our Patreon where you can get bonus podcast episodes. There's also ad-free rambles. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Ramble to get involved. That's it from us today. Say goodbye, Andy Brassel. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jim Campbell. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAS Creator Network. We'll see you tomorrow. Bollocks. Jules, Vish and Andy are on the show. Keep it in. (laughs) Do it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAS Creator Network.